Welcome to the Rural Revitalization Network podcast, and I am your host, Pastor Rob Beckett. The Rural Revitalization Network is committed to encouraging pastors, churches, and communities throughout rural America to engage, equip, and empower through local resources to build God's church. Welcome to episode 14 of Rural Revitalization Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about putting action to our words in church revitalization. There are some things in life that you can just jump into with both feet. You can take the plunge and just go for the gusto. Those things are all right if you're going to jump into an icy lake and go for a swim or take a weekend adventure with your buddies. But it's not a good idea for churches, especially churches that are in the process of revitalization, to just jump in with both feet and to just start doing things without plans. To be quite honest, that is the quickest way to fail. When leading a church in the revitalization process, there must be a vision, mission, strategy, and financing that must be accomplished by, uh, by doing successful and meaningful ministry in the church. There is no room for jumping in without thinking about the costs and the consequences in the first place. Jesus himself said, For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to, to finish it in the first place? That's Luke fourteen twenty eight. The whole point of church revitalization is to bring the church back to life. And in order for that to happen, there must be some sort of change or action that takes place. But before any type of change can occur, there needs to be an overall plan in place. This is where a lot of churches fail. They try to do too much too quickly without having a plan or a vision in place. And when they try to accomplish too much at once, they end up not being able to finish anything and the church ends up failing. For a church to do revitalization well, there needs to be careful thought, discussion and planning with all the leadership and the congregation of the church. Because you need all the church to participate and to be part of the success of the ministry. You cannot expect to have fire in the church without some sort of building of, a, of the flame in the first place. There are steps to building a sustainable fire in the church, the same principles as building any other fire. Consider the following key elements to putting action to your words and plans in the revitalization process. Keys to Successful Action Ministry First, there needs to take command. As we have talked about throughout several of these podcasts and many of the articles that we have been writing, there are some severe and critical things that the church has been through and will continue to go through during the revitalization process. And if the only thing we looked at was the despair and seemingly hopelessness that the church may be experiencing at this moment, when we would be de- then we would just be depressed and discouraged from trying to do anything further. But as someone has said long ago, we need to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. Leadership, especially revitalization leadership, cannot dwell in the past. 
But leadership must see what God intends and what God wants through the vision and take command of the situation. This requires leadership that has been prayed up and read up, listening to God for what he wants for his church. And to have the gumption and the stamina and the strength to continue leading forward for the revitalization. Using Paul as our example, leaders need to be willing to bring kindling to the fire to grow and to fuel it. The second thing that is needed is lead by example. It is good to lead, but it is better to lead by example. The people we are leading need to see that the leader is invested in this process, that the leader has a stake in the outcome of the revitalization effort, that the leader has the same heart and same love for this church and is willing to sacrifice and put sweat equity into the effort. They need to see that we are willing to go collect the fodder for the fire and invest in the success of the church. A leader that just points fingers and gives commands to people to do things will not get the respect and the needed effort of the people that surround him or her. Jesus is our perfect example of how to be an example. He was willing, the king of creation, to stoop down and wash the dirty feet of his disciples. He was willing to humble himself and take care of their needs before he took care of his. And third, we need to listen aggressively. The importance of listening to leadership is crucial for the team performance. A leader who is uh, an authoritarian and judgmental may cause their people to be hesitant and unwilling to communicate. This can lead to team um, dysfunction and poor productivity. So why are listening skills important? Here are ways that listening skills make you a better effective leader. Listening increases your capacity as a leader. We can always learn from those around us. Effective listening uh, gives you knowledge and perspectives that increases your leadership capacity. Being open to, to feedback and new ideas from your staff, your volunteers, helps you to learn and grow as a leader. Listening shows you care. Listening to someone shows you care about what they're saying and emphasize what, what they're feeling. This creates a work environment of trust. Having the trust of your leaders and people gives you greater influence over them. At the same time, it makes them more motivated and committed to their work. Listening helps you to comprehend the situation. If you fail to pay attention to what your people say, you will not fully understand the situation. Failing to comprehend the situation may lead you to give advice or recommendations that are not effective or don't get to the root of the problem. Listening helps you better understand your context. Listening to others is the best way to understand the needs of your congregants and the church. This helps you plan effective strategies that are oriented to the demands of your church's ministries. Listening gives you a vision of reality on the ground. And listening gives you knowledge and insights into the day-to-day -day reality of your co-ministry leaders. 
It's essential to create an atmosphere of trust and encourage your staff, your volunteers, to speak openly about their ministry challenges. You might be surprised at how different their reality is from your perception of it. And then communicate purpose and meaning. Not only is listening well a crucial skill, but communicating the vision and mission is essential. Understand why you are communicating and what you want to accomplish by delivering your message. Communication serves five major purposes. To inform, express feelings, imagine, and to influence and meet social expectations. Each of these purposes is reflected in a form of communication. How we communicate can mean success or failure. Relevant information must flow continuously from top to bottom and vice versa. Communicate your message as directly and concisely as possible. Be sure to offer appropriate background so that your your audience, your congregation, understands the context of the message. But do not overwhelm them with irrelevant information. The staff at all levels must be kept informed about the church's objectives and other developments taking place in the ministries being overseen. The communication facilitates flow of information, ideas, beliefs, perception, advice, opinion, orders, and instructions. Proper and effective communication is an important tool in the hands of the leadership of any church to bring about an overall change in the revitalization effort. And the actions will cease and stop if any of these components are messed up and are not functioning well. The next thing is to create a climate of trust. It has been said about leadership that if no one is following you, then you are just on a walk. Trust is the biggest thing about leading others. Trust is not assigned but earned. Leaders that, that uh, lead well build relationships with others. They do not have to be intimate relationships, but relationships that demonstrate your character, your integrity, and your motives. Character is the quality that lets people feel comfortable about how they will react to certain situations as they arise. Character is the spirit of a person that people are drawn to and admire. Integrity is still doing the right thing even when no one else is looking. People trust that you are who you say you are at all times regardless. Motives are the driving force behind your actions and your decisions. For revitalizers, the purpose and motives are to achieve the kingdom, or advance the kingdom of God and nothing more. That the leader is taking the most effective and direct route to that goal and purpose. When a leader has these qualities, then people trusting and following them is less of a challenge and people will follow with confidence and assurance. And so look for results in your actions and not salutes. Some people can get the results that you are looking for in your ministry efforts. Sometimes the cost is too high, though. 
What I mean by this is that there are times when leaders may be getting some of the results that you are looking for in your ministry, but self-promoting, self-exalting, and self-centeredness can get in the way and taint the results that are received. Some leaders in a leader, leadership position, because they are seeking more type, uh, more some type of higher position, or using this ministry assignment as a stepping stone to the next best thing. There are times that we need to take caution in having success in ministry. Success can taint a leader that has good intentions from the very beginning, but because of numbers getting better, finances coming in, supporting the mission, and accolades from peers, and, and recognition from church leadership can cause the leader to turn from the original to intent to self-promotion. Uh, they can start seeing and thinking of themselves more highly than they should. Success in ministry needs to be tempered by humility and having a servant's heart. Success can be a dangerous thing if it is not handled correctly. Success can take your eyes off the prize and off the goal. Paul says that he ran the race with his eyes on the prize at the whole time and that he strained for the finish line. And then we need to take calculated risk. When we are putting our actions, uh, putting actions to our words, then we have to take the risk in ministry because really the risk is for uh, God and not us if we are following what he is leading us into. A leap of faith can lead to great results or even failures. In ministry, God calls us to take risks sometimes. That doesn't mean that we are careless with finances or reckless with resources or uh, impulsive with our team. It does mean that we might throw caution to the wind, taking a shot at a big reward over advice to play it safe. When we do take risks, we must be willing to assume the loss. Jesus spoke of the importance of counting the cost. Whether it be building a tower or going to battle, there is great wisdom in knowing what you will lose before leaping. Revitalizing churches can also take risk. Perhaps by sponsoring a parent-affiliated church or taking on a staff member with lots of promise but little experience. Pastors who feel led to make a turnaround, uh, turnaround risk uh, aligning, uh, alienating current members for the sake of growing their church. And building programs are full of risk, even for the healthiest of givers. Action is the greatest need. Many are the needs of the day. The need for peace in wartime, uh, war-torn areas around the world. The need for food and clothing for our poverty-stricken communities and counties around the world. The need for loving families, civil rights, good-paying jobs, etc., these needs certainly are noble and very important. Yet I suggest that the greatest need for our world is for the church to not only talk about our needs in committees and board meetings, but to go and put hands and feet to our words with evangelism, sharing the gospel with every person, preaching the word everywhere we go, a need that was met aggressively in the first century church, 
So why is why evangelism it evangelism is the greatest need may not be apparent to some. So a reminder of why the need is so great is we have to look around and see all the lost souls that are walking around that do not know the master, that do not know the king, that do not know Jesus. And they are walking around aimlessly in this world and we are to direct them so that they can be part of the kingdom and that they can accept Jesus Christ as their Lord. That is why we do everything. Our actions must be follow uh, our words must be followed by our actions and our actions are to lead others to Christ. That is our goal, that is our purpose and that is the call from God to each and every one of our churches. And a healthy church will be a church that are leading others to the kingdom. You can go and send us a message on our email address at rural.revitalization.ky at gmail.com. Go to our Facebook page, Rural Revitalization Network. And also you can go to our website and look at podcasts, uh, read articles, uh, see other things that we can um, uh, give you some resources for at rural-revitalization.network.